And they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? What should we do? As I prepared to write this homily, I spent some time with this question Luke's Gospel presents us. And as I pondered it, I increasingly considered what it would mean for John to be a teacher to me in this season. And to take this line of questioning a step further, I then wondered what class John was inviting me to take and perhaps what homework he thought I needed so that I might learn and inwardly digest the lessons he has for me, for all of us. As you've probably noticed, the tone of tonight's reading is pretty fiery. Like most prophets, John did not come to sugarcoat the word he's been given. John wants to see movement. He wants to see growth and deepening. He wants to provoke a response that wakes people up. And in that respect, in that respect, I can see parallels between John and some of the more influential teachers who have shaped me because there is a shared sense that they are acting from a place of profound care. And there is also a shared sense that they believe true transformation is possible. They can cast a vision of where we ought to be even, if not especially, when we can't see it for ourselves. From beginning to end, tonight's passage from Luke is about this vision of transformation beyond what is immediately seen. At the top of the scene, we are told that the crowds who come to meet John initially fail to grasp the point. They come seeking a baptism, but without a full appreciation for what it means. And it is precisely this lack of appreciation that causes John to erupt, perhaps using hyperbole, but with the intent that it moves those who have come to him to have their eyes opened to the full weight of what they are asking and what it requires. As John tells them, the baptism he is offering is not a ritual that should be taken lightly with no inclination or preparation to live a new life. Quite the opposite. Baptism reaches inward and seeks to bring into motion the totality of a life renewed. But at this point in the story, the crowds are still confused. And so they ask John what this sort of life might look like. What does it mean to be like the tree that bears good fruit? How might we too be green and verdant and flourishing? Well, what's interesting is that the answer John gives them is actually not all that demanding in the grand scheme of things. The crowds ask him, what then should we do? And John essentially responds that they should do their best to be decent, to be just. If you have more coats than you need, then give one away. If you have more food than you need, then do the same. Share the surplus with someone who is hungry. But what about us, the tax collectors and the soldiers asked him, what should we do? And again, John responds with an admonition towards decency. Don't extort people, he says. Don't harass them, don't blackmail them. Be content with the gifts God has given you and treat others fairly. Yet as the scene continues to unfold, what follows is a pronouncement that is truly remarkable. One who is more powerful than I is coming, he says. In short, by pointing to Christ, by pointing to the inbreaking of incarnate love divine in the person of Jesus, 
John makes a clear distinction between himself and virtually all human capacity in relation to the transforming work of God. Set beside the call to decency and just relationships is a clear understanding that we could never ever accomplish our salvation by virtue of our own merits. In other words, we need Christ and the baptism only he can offer because it is solely by fire and the Holy Spirit that we will come to know God's all-consuming love. More than simple kindness or basic decency, this way of Jesus wants a change of heart that goes far beyond moralism. You don't need to go to church to be moral. Instead, what this faith is asking is that we allow ourselves to be joined to God, dying to sin and being born to new life. This faith wants us to be vulnerable, to be open. This faith wants all of us so that by love and by grace, we can be brought fully into relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because God wants us in the fold, because God wants us in that dance.